traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. We have good and abundance, an amazing, fantastic, wonderful show today, and a transformative personality is going to share with us all about the world of community. So buckle up and get ready because you have tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore. You tuned in for one reason and one reason only. It's the best reason in the whole world because you care the most in the entire world about you. Y-O-U. And that's great, by the way, because when you are the best you, you make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love in the world. And right now, you should know you're being shared or you're sharing with 348,722 people around the world. By the time we bring on our amazing guest, wonderful David Siegel, there'll be over 356,000 people who'll be listening intently because you know on this show, we talk about the three fundamentals of life. And these fundamentals of life will enable you to become happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? And the three fundamentals, of course, are number one, life. Your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens. Now, in this case, the good number two, you go mad. Mad stands for make a difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference in the world. And the third fundamental is to unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Everyday words and simplest example, uh, www. Right now, this is being carried worldwide over the internet. If you ask anybody, what does WWW mean? And invariably, say it has to do with the internet. And invariably, and by the way, factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for what a wonderful world. And what a, is a word, right? W-H-A-T-A. <laughs> what a wonderful world. Now, whenever you hear even the opening bars of that amazing song, which was given to us by Louis Armstrong, Satchmo, and has gone around the world and touched not just millions or tens of millions or hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet. They hear the opening words of, what a wonderful world. What do you do right away? You smile. You can't help it. Now, smile is one of the most important, beautiful words you can ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life because smile stands for seeing miracles in life every day, seeing miracles in life every day. Now, I got to tell you, when I tell speak to people, and by the way, thank God the masquerade is over. We're talking to groups again. Recently, I spoke to a large audience, 5,216 people in the audience. And I'm telling the story about Barry Shaw, and I'm talking about smile, seeing miracles in life every day. And right away, people raise their hand and say, hey, Barry Shaw, Barry Shaw, I've been up for hours where I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you stand still? I can't do that. Can you walk? I can barely do that. Do you have water to drink? Do you have food to eat? Do you have a place to sleep? Do you have family or friends? Every single one of those is a miracle. A miracle. What's the simple proof? Simplest proof? A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. By definition, if you're watching your, or you're listening, you didn't. If we have an obligation to live life exuberantly. So just imagine the following. 
standing up in the morning, hailing hardy, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening be in the hospital totally, completely paralyzed. That was me. And it was not from an automobile accident, not a spinal injury, a rare disease, which I never heard of the day before, took over my body and rendered me what's called a quadriplegic. Nothing on my body moved, my neck down, completely, totally paralyzed. 144 days in the hospital, two years in a hospital bed in my own home I couldn't turn over by myself, four years in a wheelchair. I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand, so I'm a tripod, not a biped. I can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk up a curb by myself. I have help 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but you hear my voice. Positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, all because of one word. And that word is smile. <laughs> That's right. Seeing miracles in life every day. But I got to tell you a quick story. My eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago, and she says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile S-M-I-E-L? And I thought about it. Sounds the same. Smile, smile. Why not? I asked her, how come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, an eight-year-old. What was she doing? She was creating the kind of world that she wants to live in. Now, CREATE is a wonderful acronym that stands for Causing Rethinking, Enabling All to Excel. Rethinking. We call that neuro-linguistic program. But really, you control your thoughts. What you think about makes a difference in your life. And the six most important words you could ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life are choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. So I have to warn people in advance because we have somewhere between 20 and 30,000 new listeners every week because thank God you're telling your family and friends and we appreciate it that I do use a lot of four-letter words. I even use the four-letter F-U word, and I do it for the shock value, and it's fun. Now, the four-letter words that we use, because we live in the world of the of powerful, positive, purposeful, and pleasant, are love, life, hope, free, gift, pray, play, swim. <laughs> Those are four-letter words, right? And the four-letter F-U word is fun. Fun. Did Barry Shula say fun? Yes. F-U, capital N, capital N. Now, right away, some people raise their hand and say, hey, Barry Shula, fun's only spelled with three letters. Not in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, when you see your family and your friends, and you have a twinkle in your eye, a smile on your face, remember this stands for, point your finger and say, F-U, everybody. But remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. I said, where'd you get that? I said, I listened to Barry Shore, the joy of living. And he wants to teach the world to F-U, capital N, capital N. So before we bring on wonderful David Siegel, I'm going to urge everybody to do the following. I want you to use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day from today for the rest of your life, because it will make a difference for you, your family, your friends, and all living beings. And these two words are, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank stands for to harmonize and network kindness, to harmonize and network kindness. The Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, I read in his writings, be kind whenever possible. And as he said, it's always possible. So imagine going to the coffee shop, you order your fancy latte, and you sit down, and somebody brings it to you, say thank you. You go in the coffee shop, you order a fancy latte, a couple minutes go by, nobody brings it. You go to the counter and say, I'm sorry, we forgot, we're so busy, we'll bring it to you. You sit down, somebody brings it to you still. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out, and somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, and it's raining, and somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. You're in traffic, you're late for an appointment, and somebody cuts you off. You say, thank you. You get up in the middle of the night and you stub your toe and it hurts. You say, thank you, to harmonize and network kindness. Kind is a fabulous word that stands for connecting in nature daily, or in this case, the most amazing person that I can tell you is he is inspiring noble deeds. That's what kind stands for. Keep inspiring noble deeds and it's our own beloved david siegel david say hello to 357,819 people around the world hello and thank you thank you and thank you what a wonderful <laughs> world it could be 
You see how wonderful it is? This is the infection that we want everybody to, to catch, right, David? To be able to be involved with people. By the way, when was the last time somebody said F you to you and you laughed? <laughs> just right now. Just right now. I love very it. Very good. Ah, did I enjoy listening to this first part? It's very inspirational and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. I'm deeply honored and touched, humbled. Uh, by the way, everybody should know everything you want to know about David and what he's doing with this amazing uh, community building process called Meetup. Just lean in and listen. You don't have to write anything down. Just go to my website, barryshore.com. Everything about David and about Meetup is going to be there. Just really enjoy the show. So let's just jump right in. If I start reading to you all about David's uh, curriculum vitae, we won't get to the show. So what I'm going to do is just tell you for the moment that David is the CEO, the chief example officer for an amazing company called Meetup, M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T, Meetup. Because, uh, we, yeah, oh, that's right. We do it right. And I'm just going to let him explain to you. I can't believe there's anybody in the world that doesn't know about it, but there may be a few people. So, David, I'm going to ask you, first of all, give us an idea of what the vision of Meetup is, what you do, and why should anybody pay attention? Okay. Wow. We are at Meetup, the world's largest platform for finding and building community. And as you know, Barry, very well, community is everything. The reason why it's so important is because of a terrible epidemic that exists in this world, which is the loneliness epidemic. 46% of people regularly, regularly feel lonely. And that was prior to the pandemic. And oh, by the way, people who are Gen Zers, people in their late teens, early 20s, it's as high as 62% regularly feel lonely. And what's the vision for Meetup, you ask? The vision is to cure the loneliness epidemic in the world. Full stop. That's it. Wait a minute. I, I need to revel in that because it is so beautiful what you just said. Yes, the loneliness factor was exacerbated, as we say, by the, the COVID panic, not the pandemic, the panic, because it made people feel even that much more inward. And now we recognize that there's an opportunity to be able to break through the loneliness and meet other people and not share loneliness, share exuberance, right? Because that's what you do when you meet other people. Yeah, I mean, everything is better when you do it in person with other people. And there's a big difference between doing things IRL in real life in person, though you could probably come up with something else better that IRL stands for based on some of the things that I've heard about KIND. Um, and everything is better person. If you're looking to learn and you wanted to join a language group and learn a new language, if you're in China, you want to learn Hebrew. If you're in Israel and you want to learn Chinese, you join a meetup group. If you want to learn uh, how to how to cook, if you want to, if you want to uh, be part of a tech meetup group and meet people, if you want to uh, be part of our many outdoors groups, uh, all these different things, it's about helping people find people that share their common passions. And when you find someone that shares a passion of yours, whatever the heck that passion is, you're able to really bond and you're really able to make friends. The number one search term on Meetup in 2021 was finding adult friends. And people struggle. People struggle so hard in trying to find people. And the, the, the alternatives out there you know, of going to bars or sitting and watching TV and playing video games is, is, you know, is terrifying. And we, we've, thank God we've touched, you know, millions and millions of people's lives. And uh, I'm really lucky to be a part of it. So I want to unpack a couple of things and share with you one, something that you, everybody knows, but until you hear it and see it, it doesn't go, you say, wow, that's wonderful. The word community, first of all, is a powerful word. And it's spelled C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y, of course. But notice in the word community that the U comes before the I. Because when you go out and want to touch other people and share, like you just said, your passion, you put the other person, the you before the I, now you have an opportunity to open up what we call the channels of giving and receiving. You need both. Open up those channels and you can create truly a bond and a relationship and a friendship. This is just such genius. By the way, when was Meetup first uh when did it first begin and how? Yeah, sure. It's it's pretty um, 
fascinating story. Uh, right after 9-11, our founder, Scott Heiferman, was in his lobby in shock, just like so many people were right after 9-11 in New York, around the country, around the world. And he met someone and he said, "Where? what floor do you live on? And he said, I live on the fifth floor. And Scott's like, oh, you know, I live on the fifth floor too. How long have you been living there? He's like three years. So someone that lived on his floor, he never met. Met another person who lived on a floor. He also never met. And he said to himself, it shouldn't take a tragedy to build community. And he devoted himself and he devoted his life to helping and to helping to build community for people. And, you know, I could tell stories of different people whose lives have been massively impacted, but the, you know, the numbers are, you know, are amazing. We have 56 million members that join 300,000 communities all around the globe in 190 different countries. We have um, hundred thousand meetup events every single week or 15,000 <laughs> events every day. Um, and it's, uh, you know, when I walk around with my meetup t-shirt and I go into a Starbucks and someone says, oh, is there a meetup event happening here? I'm like, no, I work at meetup. Or I just, yesterday I went on a hike and and a couple of people on the hike were part of a meetup group called the Jewish Outdoor Club. I didn't even know. So I said, oh, I work at meetup. And they're like, oh, we've been using meetup for, you know, for a decade. And I, I, a friend of mine met their significant other through meetup. It's just, it's really meaningful. So this is the genius and the beauty. Again, community, the U comes before the I. By the way, in Meetup, up stands for unlimited possibilities, unlimited potential, because that's really what Meetup is all about. When you bring together the spark of two or more human beings, now we're dealing with the world of exponential benefit for everybody. I love the story about two people on the same floor living in literally proximity for years, but not knowing each other. So on some level, let's be blunt, the meetup is the electronic version of a bulletin board in a supermarket, the old days, you know, put up a note and things like that, tear this little thing off. But it's actually much more than that because now there's a, a stream of goodness that seems to be running through this, this magnificent process that we are calling meetup. And it's really touching tens of millions of people. And as I say, enabling people to go mad, to make a difference. Because that's really what's happening with Meetup, isn't it? People are recognizing that they, they can make a difference one with the other and really look forward to the group. So let's talk about something that um, I know you've done. And I'm, I'm really eager to talk about your book. Uh, the book is called Decide and Conquer. He's not Julius Caesar. It's decide and conquer. 44 decisions that make or break all leaders. So let's just delve deeper into that. It's an intriguing title. We don't have to do all 44, but let's select, if you'd be so kind, two, maximum three, that really stand out or that people ask about often. And what are these decisions that make or break all leaders? Okay, well, I have to hit on the first one because you've referenced it already a couple of times, which is the concept and the importance of being kind as part of decision-making. And to understand the difference, by the way, between being kind and being nice. And I think people mistake the two, and I wanna talk about the difference between them. Oftentimes people think the goal is to be nice. And being nice means not to have someone feel bad. But you know what, sometimes the best thing to do, and I give an example, is to give critical feedback which might result in them feeling a little bit bad about something. Or if someone is not doing the right job and you give them feedback and they can't succeed in their role, the kindest thing you could do is say, it's time for you to move on to another position you know, at this particular time or to give critical feedback. The job isn't to be nice, is to be as kind as possible. And leaders oftentimes are, you know, are put on a pedestal like the Elon Musk or the Jeff Bezos or other kind of tech titans out, out there. And there's the perception that you have to be an, an, an A-S-S-H-O-L-E, and I'm sure you can right. come up with a different, different thing that that stands for, you know, to be a successful CEO. And in reality, great leaders attract people that want to work with them. And they want to work, and, and the, the, the history of entrepreneurs and CEOs is littered with people who are unable to be effective leaders because they're not good people. Being kind is critical to being an effective leader. And, uh, you know, that's something, there's a number of different principles in the book around decision-making. When you make a decision, make sure you figure out how to make the kindest decision you possibly can. And in times of crisis, it's when it's most important to be kind. So a number of times we had to 
unfortunately, because of the pandemic and other issues, you know, scale down the size of organization. And I go into different ways in which you could be as kind as possible, for example, when you have to do that kind of an activity. So let's take a look and, and unpack this first one, because the distinction to be able to make <clears throat> a distinction between two words that seem synonymous and completely are not, because I'll use an example from my book, which is called The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy, 11 Strategies Learning How to Live in Joy No Matter the Circumstance. I make a distinction much like what you just said, and it has to do with people who are addicted. Mm. Now, there are many addictions these days. Yes. And um, let's say, you know, alcohol. Technology certainly can be a, a form of addiction as well. Yes, exactly. That, that's another point. So be able to be nice to an addict does not help anybody. The ability to recognize that you can be kind, keep inspiring noble deeds, and recognize that the noblest deed that you can do for someone who is on a path that is self-destructive is to enable them to potentially find a better path or help them in any way possible. That is the nicest thing, which they might see as mean and no good. But I love more what you're saying about attraction. Now, we, David, you and I both work in the world of the law of attraction, right? Now, we know that, by the way, when people hear the word law, they think, mm -hmm, somebody's going to get me or the, you know, the police siren, such that. But in our world, Barry Shaw's world, the law, world of positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, law stands for love and wisdom. That's the law of attraction. When you attract, much like the Richard Bransons of the world, now you're building something because people want to be with you. They love working with David Siegel. They love being involved in Meetup because it's an attractive process. That's wonderful. Okay, so that's one, the big yeah, one. And just to say on that one, one way to oftentimes measure whether or not an executive is all that is how many people do they bring with them from other companies that they've worked at? And I've hired an executive and they can't hire people and they can't bring people from the past. And there's another, our chief technology officer, for example, who's brought four, five, six, seven different people from previous jobs into Meetup. And at Meetup, we probably have 20 plus people who have worked with me in the past at different times. And I think it it, 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 it really says something about you know one's reputation in terms of um, your ability to attract people to continue to want to work with you over time. And what David is saying, and again, we have people all over the world. We're like the meetup. You know, we have a lot of listeners, interesting enough, from China, a very large contingent from India, uh, obviously Australia, New Zealand, the English speaking, but throughout Africa, Europe, the United States, Latin America. And people are leaning in and listening to this right now, David, because they're recognizing, they're shaking their heads, say, yes, that is what you want to be. Your name makes all the difference in the world, who you are by your thoughts, your words, and your deeds will work with you throughout your life. So make sure that you have a good, positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant name. Thank you so much for that, David. So kind is the top of the of the list. What's top another one in the book? Okay, the second one, and this, um, the book is about making smarter decisions. So one of the paths to making smarter decisions is the importance of disagreement. Surrounding yourself by people who are not yes people, but surrounding yourself by people who are going to disagree, who you create an environment of trust and transparency, where people around you are going to be disagreeing with you on a consistent basis. So Abraham Lincoln was famous for the team of rivals, and he surrounded himself by people in his inner cabinet who disagreed. And one of the most important reasons why disagreement is so is so critical is because everyone brings different things to the table. And some people have one background and some people have another, another background. And ultimately, it's about making a smarter decision. Now, one thing that I spend a lot of energy at Meetup and generally speaking is how do you help introverts to be able to be enabled to disagree as effectively as possible. Because the world is, 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 is biased, unfortunately, against people who are introverted, who, who need to be more thoughtful in what they do. So what we do at Meetup is prior to any meeting, we share the topic, we put it in a, in a document, we ask people to disagree asynchronously 
prior to the meeting, add comments, add their thoughts, et cetera. That way when we actually have the meeting, I could say, hey, Denise, my understanding is you don't agree. Talk about that. Hey, John, my understanding is you disagree. Can you please talk about that? So it gives people more time to internalize an idea and then be in a better position to disagree. This is so wonderful. Again, we're talking about being a leader. Now, David, of course, is using this in the macro sense of leading in business. And I think David would agree with me that this applies in every facet and aspect of your life, in a family unit, in a friendship circle. You see, when friends think that they have to agree with each other and everything, you may not have the best situation for true bonding. Now, again, we're not talking about, well, using foul language to say, no, I disagree and yell and scream. We're talking about adult conversations. <laughs> but the ability to build trust and transparency, TNT, woo, that's huge. Thank you. Well, in this case, it's TNT, explosive, wonderful. <laughs> and again, to allow and enable every aspect of personality, whether someone either is or thinks they are an introvert or an extrovert, and not let one dominate the other. Thank you, David. That's wonderful. What's a third one from the book? Okay, third one is, is around people have common biases when it comes to making decisions is there's really four most common biases that people have that enable the, that disenable them to make the smartest decisions possible. And the most important thing I'll go, go through the four quickly is understand your bias, understand your decision-making biases. So for example, here are the four quick, and I'll do it quickly. I give examples after. By the way, you don't have to stay so quickly. You can go at a nice pace. Okay. I'll go really, really Right. Because <laughs> so everybody are. recognizes at this point that David is an introvert and I really had to <laughs> I had to talk with him before that I had to pump him up before the show to make sure that he would break through that, you know, that, that normal bias he has. But he's doing a great job. So I far. appreciate that. Normally I'm just a total wallflower. So right, thank you exactly. so much. <laughs> so the four biases are the following. Number one is recency bias, which is the concept that you know, let's say someone is, is going out with someone and they just broke up with their boyfriend. They will look at that relationship as much more influential than the five other relationships that they've had and look for just to the exact opposite for someone who's the opposite of who that purpose previous relationship was. Or if you just let go of, of uh, an employee, there's a reason why in yoga, you have the Shavasana at the end of the yoga. And at the end of yoga, you're like, oh, I want to go back and do yoga again. Because that relaxing mode of where you're sitting there is so pleasant and you're so biased by that most recent experience that you want to do yoga again. So recency bias is, is a problem for a lot of people in terms of disenabling them to make smarter decisions. The second bias is confirmation bias, which is the, the interest in many people and just looking for information that will just confirm, you know, whatever it is that they happen to think, oh, there's no person for me or, oh, there's no job for me, whatever, whatever it is, they, there's confirmation bias that exists. For me, my confirmation bias is as an investor in the, in the market, when the market goes down, I never look at the market. I never look at how I'm doing. Only when it goes up, I look. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a great, you know, I'm buying it. <laughs> look so how I'm smart I look am. Hey, look how smart I am. And really, I'm just totally biased and, and, and just confirming what, what I want to believe. And that's very detrimental for any leader, for any person. And it goes against the importance of disagreement and having people have different opinions. The third is status quo bias, which is people are just oftentimes so afraid of change and they're comfortable with the status quo. And even if the status quo is terrible for them, even if they're miserable and happy and lonely, their inclination is the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. It's not about the devil you know versus the devil you know. It's, it's about understanding that everyone has an opportunity for change and that, and, that, and that the status quo may or may not be acceptable. And it shouldn't be acceptable for, frankly, anyone to don't want to keep path towards growth in life. And the last one is just sunk cost fallacy, which I think people fall into all the time, which is essentially the concept that people don't appreciate the fact that if they just invested two years into a relationship or two years into a job, or they spent a whole bunch of money on something, it's, it's not about how much they spent in the past or how much put the work they put into the past. It's about whether or not they should continue to do that same thing in the future. And if, if it, if, if it already happened in the past, it's a past, it's a sunk cost. It's done. Now from this point on, what do I want to focus on? So when I go to a restaurant, I'll spend a ton of money, let's say on some meal. 
And then, of course, I've already spent the money. So I'm like, well, I spent so much money and I have to eat all the food and I eat all the food and I feel all sick and I feel terrible. <laughs> and that's not the goal. The goal is to be happy, is to enjoy the meal. So sunk cost fallacy is another one. So what I would say is overall, there's lots of different decision-making biases that you have personally and professionally. Understand what your most common bias is and figure out how to recognize it and then ideally avoid it. So more than informative, this has been transformative. And that's really why I'm so humbled and honored that David has agreed to be with us today. Because information you can get ad nauseum anywhere. To hear it directly from somebody who's worked with and through several major CEO positions, worked with dozens of companies and hundreds and hundreds of people. I don't want to call them employees, but hundreds of people in processes and be able to unpack for us. We're going to go on the other side of this short break. So buckle up, get ready, because there's more David Siegel coming back. And we're going to go deeper dive into each one of these because it's all for your benefit. That's why you tuned in, because you care the most in the entire world about you. So be right back after this brief message. Hang on. Here we go. Imagine the kind of place you would want to shop for your favorite fur baby pet. Honestpets.co. Well, you found it. Honestpets.co. Not .com. .co. This is your go-to spot for the best, the cleanest, pet treats that exist anywhere on the planet. All of the brands go through a rigorous review to make sure they meet the high standards of cleanliness, health benefits, and naturalness. This site was started by a husband and wife team, and it's veteran-owned, and that care about pets, especially dogs and cats, and coming soon, bird treats. These are very nice young people who really care about making a difference because a portion of proceeds go to support veteran organizations with a focus on service dogs. This is the place where you want to go. You want to tell your friends this has the finest, yummiest, freshest, all-natural treats and stuff for your fur baby. So go there, honestpets.co, honestpets.co. Do it now. Hello, everybody. As you may know, I'm 72 and recovering from being a quadriplegic at age 55. Oh my. Now, to stay active, I swim two miles per day, six times per week. So you can imagine I know a thing or two about aches and pains. And until recently, I thought my aches and pains were a fact of life I had to deal with every day. Just part of the process of getting older and staying active. And then I tried 100% drug-free relief factor. Now, I've been taking their convenient packs three times a day, and i got to tell you, everybody, I am feeling noticeably better. Relief Factor is giving me more oomph and less oh. The secret is its four key ingredients. Each one supports a different metabolic pathway that your body uses to respond to the inflammation that is the cause of many hip, back, shoulder, and knee pains. If you have everyday aches and pains, too, remember, Relief Factor is 100% drug-free and designed to be taken every day so you can get out and stay out of pain. Now, to make it as easy as possible for you to try Relief Factor, they created the three-week quick start discounted program for $19.95. That's it, $19.95. So do what I did. Go to relieffactor.com slash joy and order a three-week quick start for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Again, claim your three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com slash joy. You'll thank me. You'll be glad you did. Best wishes. Bye now. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. Our cup runneth over with good and a two-legged being named David Siegel. David is the chief example officer, the CEO of Meetup, 
the largest group community building system in the world, over 190 countries, over 50, 56 million people, 100,000 meetings every week, and growing by leaps and bounds because it makes a difference, IRL, in real life. We're slaying the loneliness factor and enabling people to go out and meet up. Meet stands for make exceptional energizing touches and up unlimited potential that's what you can do with meetup and we're so honored to have david here as i mentioned everything you want to know about david and you want to know a lot and about meetup is going to be on my website barryshore.com because david's background is in philosophy in politics, in economics, and he has an MBA from University of Pennsylvania. He's an adjunct professor at Columbia. He's a basic Jewish overachiever, but we'll just <laughs> leave it at that. And the most important part is what we've been talking about so far is the ability to make decisions and to be a leader in your own world, to have a great name and such. But David, I want to make a, a bit of a shift here. Now, by the way, everybody, when I we talk about shift, um, shifting perspective. For some reason, Dave, I don't know why, but a lot of people around the world drop the F and the other stuff happens. They can't pronounce it. So you got to be careful with your F and F. It's a shift in perspective. So let's talk about how Meetup shifted and didn't fall into a trap of the other stuff during COVID. I mean, you're all about physical reality in real time. What's going on? What happened? How did you do that? Yeah, what did meet up do when you couldn't meet up? Very good question. <laughs> so, you know, I remember in February of 2020, a little over two years ago, when we started seeing 95% of our events in China get canceled kind of overnight, basically. And then we started, I was like, oh, you know, there are other things that have happened in China, SARS, Asian flu, et cetera, and they haven't really made it over to the United States. Um, though we're in China, but, you know, and then we start seeing in Italy, like a week or a week later, 95% of events started declining there. And, and just little by little until finally we were actually, one of our employees was one of the first cases of COVID in late February, even early March in the entire United States, coincidentally. And we had to start working from home. So all of our employees said, what do we do? Because our mission had always been about IRL, like you mentioned, in real life, getting together in person. In fact, to such a degree that our founder, Scott Heiferman, who I mentioned earlier, once stood up on a stage at, at a WeWork gathering, because we used to be owned by WeWork, not anymore, we used to be, and smashed a v virtual reality device, a VR device into pieces, saying, we're all about using technology to get people off of technology. We are the anti-technology company. So what do you do when the only way to get together in person is that? So we got all of our engineers together and we said, okay, what are we going to do here? The number one reason why we rejected people to become organizers of communities is because they wanted their community to be a purely 100% virtual community. We said, no, not a meetup. This has been a longstanding thing for 18 years. The company never changed. But we said, the goal is to keep people connected. The goal is around this time of isolation, is our mission about IRL? No, our mission is about connections for people. And we need to keep people connected in the safest way possible. So we changed our technology. We pulled a couple of all-nighters. We had numerous people enable the ability to be able to use Zoom and any other video conferencing platform to be able to keep people connected. And the results have been unbelievable. We've had over 6 million online events over 30 million plus people have attended online events. And it's so important. We have, you know, alcohol support groups. We have support groups of people, parents, ADHD. We, the number one group that has grown the most and meet up, the number one group that's grown the most has been focused on self-help and people who are lonely and also people who are, are, are everything around self-help, meditation related groups and happiness-related groups and understanding happiness and growing happiness-related groups. So we'd have groups that would go on a run, you know, let's say by themselves because of the early days of COVID, they all come back together online and they all drink a beer together, the beer runners group. And they'd all talk about the run that they happened to have done at that time. And we had sports that were more separated like tennis and badminton and volleyball kind of go up extraordinarily during this time because it was safer to do things during that time. And now, um, as of today, we have 75% of our events are in person and 25% our events 
are still online and online unlocks some great experiences. Like we have this ecstatic dance meetup group where I just went on one and there were rather than having you know six people from Kansas City, there are 25 people from 20 different countries all doing ecstatic dancing together and experiencing joy, um, you know, together as, as a community, as a global community. And people, you know, when you have the ability to build relationships between people globally, you know what happens? Ignorance goes down. You know what, And when ignorance goes down, it's a decrease of racism, xenophobia, any anti-hate and, 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 and ageism, et cetera, that exists in this world changes when you're exposed to people who are different than you as part of community which is so important. So it's been a, a amazing experience. And, you know, we're going to have in-person, we're going to have online, we're going to have global events, and we're going to have in-person events. And they're both serve different purposes, but can be both very powerful for people. <clears throat> this is so enlightening. I want to unpack a few pieces in here because I think it was truly wondrous, this process that you shared with us. First of all, it was a process, not an event. And notice how we talked about before, it's how you respond to any given situation which determines your destiny. So you were able to shift what people thought you were, people identified Meetup as anti-technology, which by the way, was it turned out to be the incorrect label because really what your goal was, and it didn't really bubble up until you were are able to articulate it, was that you are a connecting mechanism. That's who you are. Yeah, I, I have to tell you this. Because most companies have KPIs, key performance indicators around revenue or profit. Our KPI is 30 million connections. We facilitate 30 million connections a year. And that's kind of our goal of how many people we can connect to each other. Please. So we can, we call, we spell connecting with a, C, a K as well as a C, because that's what kind stands for. Connect in nature daily. In this oh. case, nature is whatever it is that moves you. So I love dancing on screen right now. And I'm older, so I have the ageism. And then, and then it, okay, but that's the genius, you're right, of global community in, an, in, an, in a world where we didn't recognize that we could do this before. In other words, is there a silver lining to everything? Absolutely. Do we want to say there's a silver lining to COVID? We, want to, we don't want to, how should we say it, downgrade the, the severity, but we want to look at what is able to happen because of the severity of the lockdown in people's minds, we were able to open up a different kind of flower, a blooming blossom. This is absolutely, I'm just so touched by this. By the way, and, 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 on a per, and on a personal level, personal growth almost always happens through times of challenge. And whether it's at a, at a global level where, where, where growth, I mean, Meetup was founded after 9-11, right? So any time that we're faced with these kind of personal challenges and you've been faced with, with, with horrible challenges and you're, you're making the world a better place, despite of maybe because of who knows the things that have happened to you, um, you know, we all have to figure out potential ways to, to see our challenges as, 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 as ideally potential opportunities, but not put too much pressure on ourselves that if we don't, then you know that we, that we failed either. This is so insightful what you just mentioned now. <clears throat> Part of the benefit, if there were, of COVID is that it became a global experience. In other words, there were very few people who didn't experience lockdown in some form, some more severe, some less. But now people could relate globally so that it wasn't, well, a person in the United States. Well, you don't have the same pressures we do in India or China or Australia. Well, yes, everybody was affected. So that brought about a, a leveling and a benefit to open up dialogue. Because what we say, the, the acronym for joy is journey of you. That's what joy really is about, the journey of you. How do you present yourself? I want to go back to one of the, and by the way, thank you so much for that. Uh, I was going to talk about WeWork, but we won't. Uh, but <laughs> it's because it sort of doesn't matter. There's been enough talk about WeWork. Uh... No, we won't. But, you know, some people still remember WeWork. It's still around. And, it, and at the time when the sort of the merger and the integration uh, happened, it was the correct thing to do. And then subsequently it was the correct thing to do. And that's, by the way, the genius, I think, of what Meetup is about and what you're doing with Meetup is that you realize that you are organic, that you weren't locked into a particular mindset and you were able to break through using your 44 decision-making processes. 
And a lot of it does come down to like, we have some core values at Meetup that, that are the basis for all of our decisions. One of our core values, I won't go through all six, but one of them is called invite change, which doesn't mean accept change. doesn't mean let change happen to you and be a little bit upset about it. It's invited. It's proactively say, hey, we recognize that change is a good and that we are going to figure out ways in which we can we can not just kind of begrudgingly accept it, but really invite it. And when you have that kind of a culture as a company or that mindset as a person, then it makes decision making a lot easier because you know that you have a receptive audience because that's the culture that you have. Uh, first of all, you mentioned the word culture, and that's really critical, isn't it? In other words, it's not just people work at a place. There is a culture that is interwoven into the process called meetup. And that's really vital. And you have core values, which you articulate, by the way. And then the most important thing is you don't articulate them, you live them. Because, you know, it's one thing to think about them, another thing to speak about them. But to be able to put the thoughts, words, and deeds into alignment, that is what enables meetup to become a community builder, a good business in the sense that business does well when it does good. And you'll notice something else, Dave, about the word business. The you comes before the I. Ah. The essence of business is to present value. When you can give value to someone else, then you're attracting them. Uh, you know, there's a very famous line in, in business, as you're well aware of, change is good. You go first. <laughs> but in your case, what you've done, because you've not just written the book, you're living the book, and it's part and parcel about who you are as a dynamic leader and allowing that to happen with everybody that you interact with throughout the, the system. And talking about 56 million people and growing. By the time we finish this particular interview, you'll be tapped over 57 million. <clears throat> it's the ability to understand, like you said, invite change not say well gee we have to change or this if you invite it it becomes a guest of somebody you want to say hmm we never thought of that before what can we do you become flexible like you mentioned yoga why yes. do people do yoga because they want to be relaxed of course but they want to become more flexible right yeah yeah and that's what yeah. you're doing. That's what Meetup is all about. You are <clears throat> that flexible, multi-tens of millions organization that is touching people for good. <clears throat> if you mind, let's just talk about a little more, go back to the pain, because it's really the pain point that brought Meetup into the world. And this pain of loneliness, I'd like you to speak for a few more minutes about the loneliness factor and especially about for people under the age of 35, 85% of our audience is under the age of 35, highly educated and seekers. They're all seekers. They want to know more, to be more, and to help more. So let's talk about loneliness and, and unpack it a little bit more. Okay, well, let me pray, make it even come more alive with a little bit of story of, 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 of a meetup person who I just am extraordinarily blown away by. His name is Omar Acosta. And his story is that he sat on his couch 10, 12 hours a day and was playing video games and was just a terrified introvert and really didn't want to go out of the house, didn't want to meet people, was afraid of meeting people, etc. His brother called him up and said, you have to come to meet up. It'll help you to just do something. What are you into? And he happened to have always been to rock climbing. He started going to the Dallas rock climbing meetup group. And then after two, three, four times going... The organizer left and they said to Omar, they said, can you take over to be an organizer? And when you take over and take on a leadership role, that's a totally different thing. So in the last 10 years now, he's had over 900 events. I kid you not, six marriages it's not even a group, <laughs> have come out of his group and he's has gone from, it's transformed his life. And it's not that meetup transformed his life. That's not what it's about. It's about community transformed his life because it gave him an opportunity to step up and which is one of our, one of our other by their core values and become a leader in itself. So loneliness, loneliness is a result oftentimes of fear of anxiety of, you know, low self-esteem, et cetera. And it is an incredibly difficult, difficult um, situation to get out of 
because unfortunately, the more lonely that you are, the more bad you feel about yourself and the more reluctant you are to then be around other people. So it's this self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing, this kind of this downward spiral that exists that then only perpetuates and makes things even stronger. And the key is how do you have some kind of an intervention and a and, and a disruption of that of that spiral? And the answer is not go finding something that you just care about. There's got to be something in this world that you care about. And even if you're around one, two, three people, around people that care about that same thing, it's going to give you this, this feeling that I'm not alone. And once you understand how many other people feel the same, it makes it a lot easier to take that step because so many people out there do feel that same levels of loneliness. But it is about a mind shift, but then it's ultimately about taking action. Because if you just shift your mind, you don't do anything about it, you know, it's not going to be sufficient. You need to be able to take that action. And the stories that I hear of people who sign up for a meetup event or any event, and they take the car and they drive there, and they see all these people coming and going, and they drive away. And they go back again, they drive there, and they drive away. It's, it's, you know, it's just getting out and finding a, a comfortable way of doing something um, can have an enormous impact on someone's life. Isn't it wonderful, David, to be able to get up in the morning, to be able to go to sleep at night, to get up in the morning, knowing that you are making a difference to the Omars of the world? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, they say, try you know, get up like a lion in the morning. Right. And I jump out of bed in the morning. I really do. <laughs> My wife's grit, I would say. But I don't have any caffeine and I exercise a lot. It sounds like I actually swim quite a lot, just, just like you as well. You're a swimmer? Oh, Wait time. a minute. We're going to do a show on swimming. Okay, what's yeah. that? <laughs> actually, I used to swim always with a snorkel. I saw you swim with a snorkel. And at 40 years old, I finally said, I need to start doing it. I want to do a triathlon. So I need it. So I started taking swimming lessons at 40. And now, um, now I'm a very, you know, I do, I do, you know, 40, 50 laps, you know, at least twice a week. Um, and it's very, it's, it's the best exercise out there. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very energized by, by the opportunity to be able to help as many people as I can, because the, the world's an amazing place to, and, and, and people's, you know, sometimes fear of, of being part of the wonderful things that the world has to offer relationships and experiences, you know, is, 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 you know, it's saddening. Uh, I want to unpack a few things. Again, everything you want to know about Meetup and David, go to the website, barryshore.com, and it's there. So just love this. I want to share with you a couple of little, little pieces I think you might like. So the word leader, L-E-A-D-E-R, the same letter spells dealer. Because why? A leader is a dealer in hope. That's what a leader is. And hope stands for helping others progress every day. Because that's what a leader does, right? You're a dealer in hope. The other thing I'd like to mention is that when you talked about the loneliness spiral, and I I was feeling the pain of somebody or people like that. Um, it goes to your the four biases that people have, and the biggest one in this case seemed to be the confirmation one. Yeah, you know, I'm, yes, of course. Well, that's the way things are, and and it allows the spiral. So the way somehow <clears throat> I've had this happen because thank God I've been able to work with tens of thousands of people over the past several decades. I urge people to shift when they pronounce the word alone and erase it and realize <clears throat> that it really is pronounced all one. When you can move from shift and keep that F in there because otherwise that stuff happens and you'll spiral <laughs> and you recognize that the word is all one and that touch that's part of you then you become a better you and you get when you drive to the the meetup group as reluctant as you were but you took action you turned off the car opened the door you got out and you walked in a whole new world opened up thank you meetup thank you thank you humans wow what a world we live in wow wow by the way stands for words of wonder that's what you're doing, David, today. You're touching people around the world with this remarkable episode. I'm just so glad that we're doing it. I'm enjoying this. I love Mutual. to beat up Mutual. broadcast. 
mutual. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's truly remarkable. And as I said, everybody go to the website and, and learn everything you can about Meetup and get involved. The most important thing is IRL in real life. And by the way, in this case, IRL can be physically being together with people and IRL can be Zooming around the world with people. Because obviously, let's be blunt, you're not going to just get up on a, go on a plane and go to Mumbai. And the same from Mumbai to here or to Shanghai or to uh, Melbourne or wherever. And wouldn't it be wonderful to meet people from Ghana? Ah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of good people in Ghana. A lot of good people there. Oh, wonderful, good. sweet, loving, singing people from Ghana. So it's it's truly a, a blessing. So David, I'm sorry to tell you that our time is coming to a close for this particular session. I'm going to ask you three quick questions. Are Let's you go. ready? Sir? I'm ready. <clears throat> Number one, will you come back again? I'd love to. Very excited. Thank Can't you. Wait. Okay. Number two, you have only 80 seconds to answer this question. Oh. David Siegel, CEO of Meetup, what is your most fervent desire in 80 seconds? Most fervent desire. It's not that different from yours. I really want to maximize happiness in the world. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the reality. I think that uh, my high school quote when I, in my yearbook was, sometimes in our pursuit of happiness, it's important to pause and just be happy. And I think all too often people, especially in the business world, you went to Warden Business School, whatever, all this success, blah, 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 quote, unquote, success. Um, but that's not real success. We all know. So, you know, all too often people say, oh, you know, I work hard now in my 20s and then, you know, my 50s, I'll enjoy myself. In my 50s, I'll work hard right now. And then in my 70s, I'll enjoy myself. You know, so it was 90 years old. And then finally, they're like, can I start enjoying myself now? So, you know, I, I would say that the, the ultimate goal is to provide a much joy and happiness through everyone. And for me, that comes personally through doing meaningful work, whether it's one-on-one, um, -on -one, just having a conversation to mentor someone, because it's not all about big numbers. It's, it's also about just one-on-one -on -one type opportunities or being able to help entrepreneurs create organizations that could create, you know, lots of jobs and career development, you know, for many, hopefully that's around 80 seconds. And, you know, that's what I want to do. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's okay. Now, the third is, are you ready for a hug in front of 359,800 people around the world? I'm a big fan of hugs. Let's do it. Okay. Let me tell you what hug stands for. Heartfelt, unlimited giving. Heartfelt, unlimited giving. So on the count of three, one, two, three. And from David and Barry, we're going to we offer you a blessing. And the blessing is going to be that you should go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love, because you tuned in to consciously and conscientiously the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore, and our amazing guest, David Siegel, the CEO of Meetup. And you tuned in, remember, for one reason, one reason only, because you care the most in the entire world about you. And that's great because when you're the best you, you make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony. You create more joy, happiness, peace, and love, as David said. And we, here we work with the three fundamentals of life. Life, your life as purpose. You lead a purpose-driven life. You go mad. You make a difference. And the third is to unlock the power in the secrets of everyday words and terms. And the result will be you'll be happier, as David just said, healthier in, in your spiritually, physical, and mental attitude. And you'll be well healthier in every aspect of wealth, every aspect. And that's because you understand what WWW stands for. What a wonderful world. And you smile, seeing miracles in life every day. As my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life, create the kind of world you want to live in. That's what Meetup's all about, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. Use four-letter words, love, life, hope, for grow, free, play, pray, swim, <laughs> and tell the world, F you. Capital N, capital N. So after the show, what is Barry Show talking about? He, says he wants to teach the world to F you. Capital N, capital N. So just remember to use the two most important words in the English language three times a day, every single day for the rest of your life, and you will be healthier, happier, and healthier. You will and, and help your family be happier, healthier, and wealthier, and your friends, and all the meetup people you're with, and the entire world. So these two words, of course, are thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. To harmonize and network kindness. Kind stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. That's what David Siegel does. That's what Barry Shore tries to do. And that's what Meetup is all about. So thank you all for being here. We love you. And we will see you soon on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends, too. See you on the next episode. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.